Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Pete, come out, come out, wherever you are. If I come out, uh, will you shoot me? Because then I'm not going to come out. <laughs> Lower your weapons, boys. So, hello, Pete. You can come out. Okay. Uh, hey, everybody. It's Pete. I'm a little guarded here. Things have been tense at uh, the Providence base of Fantastic Geek North here. Uh, <laughs> the brick, as we call it. Today, we are examining Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 120, Nothing's Personal. And this is brought to us by Pancakes. When you need to feel better, mix yourself up a nice bowl of pancake brand pancakes. Mmm, go get the griddle. By the way, Pete, before we jump in tonight's episode, I just want to mention uh, something. Actually, for once, we're not hawking our own stuff. <laughs> I just want to mention that one week from tonight, May 6th, will be the, uh, the digital drop date that's uh, on demand in iTunes. For Clark Gregg's new movie, Trust Me, uh, you can check out the uh, the preview there on YouTube. Uh, kind of like one of these, you know, insider Hollywood kind of looks like a lighter lighter movie. Uh, he plays an agent, and uh, it's written directed an by Agent him. of Shield. He plays that every week. Uh, he he's he's an agent of actors, <laughs> you know, the representative kind. So looks looks uh, it looks kind of funny. It looks cute. There's a ton of people in it. Um, but uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it on the podcast. Might might dedicate a um, a uh, pop culture podcast episode to it as well. But uh, if you're looking to see it in theaters, I don't know how wide the release is going to be. Uh, that's June 6th, but yes. then the the digital release will be May 6th uh, next Tuesday. So uh, check it out, one and all. Let's help out our uh, our pal Clark, who's been so kind to us. Yeah, something to uh, to help you fill your. Uh... Clark Gregg fix there before uh, next week's penultimate Ooh. episode of the season. We only have two left. I can't believe it. I can't believe this is the 20th one of these. I can because <laughs> the one before this was the 19th. Uh, that's just, You're always so good with math, Pete. Well, that, Pete, shall we move on? Indeed. All right, when we catch you up on what went down in the episode here, our teaser, which was available online earlier in the week, which of course I watched because hashtag spoiler Pete, takes place in Washington, D.C., uh, ex-Shield agent and confidant of Nick Fury, uh, Maria Hill, the lovely Kobe Smulders, wandering the street, uh, talking to a friend over the phone about being insulted about that night's surveillance package that included hipster behind her and lady not checking her phone. And all of a sudden they are incapacitated or dead. And it's what is doing this. Uh, all this after she uh, said over the phone, she was asked who or what is a man thing. Yes, certainly a reference to a uh, a Marvel character there. Yes. I, I was not super familiar with it. I know someone on Twitter mentioned it, but just one of those moments to say, hey, look, there's a whole Marvel universe that we're not always showing you, but it's there. It is. And some people don't know what it is. So there you go. Turns out it's Agent May who has uh, 
taking care of business here. She gets uh, Hill in the alley, um, talks to her about her potential deal at uh, Stark Industries that is planning on apparently uh, privatizing global security. And uh, Coulson uh, is holed up at the Providence base. Um, You know, this whole idea, what does he know? Uh, And they have this very cryptic conversation. Pete, it was a wonderful capper to the teaser act, particularly in light of the fact that it was just so great kind of seeing Maria Hill in action. I know we had her uh, in in the pilot episode, but that was almost kind of uh, an extended cameo then. With this, it was, I mean, it was not a large role, but it was kind of her moment to shine. It kind of reinforced the whole MCU connection where, oh, we just saw her at the very end of Captain America like a month ago. And, you know, now she's on the phone with Pepper Potts and just a really well-rounded addition. And I wouldn't, you know, I mean, as we've said a while back, I mean, I I almost got the sense that this was an audition for her to be in season two. If that's a route the show wants to go, if that's a route she wants to go, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, a heck of a way to jumpstart the beginning of tonight's episode. The key word was buried, that Fury buried the info on Coulson. And we'll look at where that exactly came up, uh, both towards the end of our debrief here and definitely in level seven, because there was a lot to dissect in our secret scene tonight. Back at the aforementioned Providence base, Coulson has Fitz play the security cameras again. We know that all of them but one were erased. The one in the landing bay. We see May leave the bus with her duffel bag. And then we see Ward and Sky holding hands get onto the bus. We never see Koenig. And our agents and Coulson are trying to pick up the pieces what happened. And let's just to be aware of the structure of the writing there, they've already seen it a number of times because the writers intend to um, to have cut out kind of the boring part between last week and this week, which is to say, wait, the bus isn't here. Let's look around. Is somebody in the men's room? No. Is somebody in the ladies room? No. Are they, they cut through all that. They get to the security footage. They watch it a couple of times. And now it's like. All right, Fitz, say it one more time, especially for those of you at home. We just want to really hammer it home. I'm not being critical. This is a function of episodic weekly television, particularly in the broadcast model, as opposed to say some, you know, some sort of, you know, uh, release it all at once type thing. Right. But let's just be aware that that's what it was, which was, hey, after the title card, let's just spend a couple minutes going, what? What do you mean happened last week? That's crazy. Right. You know, exposition. Indeed. Um, Coulson, uh, you know, comes to the conclusion that May left because of him, that he was mad and he was mean, I thought was a particularly good line. Okay. Uh, Simmons trying to pick up the pieces thinks that Coulson is upset over Audrey and wants to make him pancakes Uh, and Fitz uh, makes the discovery that Ward is Hydra having been left the communique by an under duress 
sky simultaneously Simmons screams signaling the discovery of the former agent Koenig. Indeed, the end for Eric W. Koenig confirmed. I thought it was fantastic that Fitzsimmons, who were presented to us, you know, kind of unbeknownst the first time that, you know, we, when we heard the name, kind of presented to us as as one. Um, and in an episode where we circle back to the pilot in, in a number of ways, that here these these wonder twins essentially do the um they find out the same thing through different means simultaneously that's i'm sure that that's how it was written that certainly is how it was edited and presented and just really nice that they both they both do it in their own separate ways you know definitely cut to uh ward and sky on the bus and we know that sky knows uh, Ward does not yet know that Sky knows, and this was really the bulk of the episode that uh, ballet, if you will, back and forth. Who knows what? Who is aware? I thought it was great to have a shot of Ward spray painting over the Shield <laughs> logo on the SUV. That was great. Only could have been written better. It's a small criticism if he had done it in kind of the octopus. Uh, Hydra pattern first and then completely <laughs> covered it in um, in the black spray paint. But what can I say? I, I kind of like that Hydra, Hydra logo. I, I just think it's cool to look at. Anyway, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, he takes Sky's gun from her. OK, uh, he says, of course, doesn't want to uh, have them get pinched on a concealed weapons charge. OK. But things are starting to unravel between the two of them even early on in this episode. Pete, I just had a, 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 a side rumination here. They are flying around in a big black jet with a giant shield eagle on it. I, do we just, is that just a gimme to the show? Is that, a, is that a mulligan or whatever they call it in golf where you just say, we're not going to go there? In terms of? Well, he doesn't want to be out driving the streets of L.A. with this symbol, as Talbot puts it in a bit, uh, of, you know, Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. are perceived to be one and the same by the general public. Right. Meanwhile, they're flying around with the, you know, in a, this isn't, you know, like, oh, hey, we were expecting American Airlines, you know, 429 flying in today. And, and here it is coming into LAX. It's like all of a sudden the big black jet is like, yes, I'd like uh, to land at LAX now. Okay, what's your call sign number? Um, no, well, given like that, to land, given that this plane can take off vertically, I don't think you necessarily have to land. I mean, you, you could land it anywhere. So maybe with some concealment, I get uh, it. Okay. You know, okay. It's, it's got the logo on it. I took that more of, Hey, when we're in the city, we don't want to have this logo on us okay. when we're driving around, but you know, neither here nor there. Would you agree that it is a soft spot in the story, but not something that oh, is Oh, yeah, it's not, critic, a, you know, it's not a deal breaker. Okay. And again, the cuteness of, all right, he gets to spray paint over the logo because they're going to go incognito in light of what we know about him. I thought Indeed. it was great. Okay. Um, we get back to Providence. Uh, Simmons is doing the report to Coulson on uh, Agent Koenig. Uh, she surmises that 
the killer was at least six foot two and strong enough to stuff the body into the ceiling. Okay, Fitz. That's only one person, Pete. Yeah, Fitz is uh, <laughs> incredulous at first. All right, uh, triplet less so, knowing that his so Garrett went rogue and could see where Ward would have done the same. Okay. Um, but ultimately it is the team that settles upon, uh, given Simmons recommendation that Ward did this and Fitz freaks out. It was so emblematic of those two characters where let's, let's not forget that despite all the night, night guns and the kind of flashy comic book world stuff that is presented, Simmons is a doctor. She has a medical background, and that's kind of her function on the show. And so, of course, she's going to be um, detached while doing this, you know, kind of very, very surface layer autopsy. But, of course, she's going to be detached. It's just another day where you're cutting into somebody and looking at a dead person's wounds and so on and so forth. So for her to kind of put the pieces together in a scientific way, to use her scientific knowledge of the, the angle of the garrote mark, etc., um, you know, I think her her muted presentation is is fitting, given that she's already in a milieu that she's familiar with. Fits me while it's just like a guy where like, hey, when something doesn't work, it's because you didn't properly design it. Like, you know, Fitz is someone who his worldview is complete. He's completely in control of his stuff. You know, you want your little helicopter thing to fly. You give it enough blades and a fast enough motor and it does it. So just really, really nice nice action there from the two of them yes and you know you mentioned that detachment not unlike uh most of eric koenig's uh head from his <laughs> neck um, by the way pete in that scene did you notice and y- you are a dutchman did you notice the dutch angles i did not do you know what dutch angles are or or can i wow you with my knowledge of the the cinema i know what a dutch oven is is it anything like that <laughs> It's not Dutch angles are basically that's the fancy name for when you tilt the camera to one side or another to show things are off kilter. And uh, as Colson was realizing that they had a wolf in the fold, it was a Dutch angle. The camera was turned, you know, which is to say the, the horizontal line was not horizontal on your TV. It was turned a bit because things are topsy turvy. And it's a way to communicate that to the audience. How very Dutch. Indeed. Like those ships, the Dutch sailing ships. <laughs> Colson refocuses Fitz, uh, lets him know that uh, Sky is playing him and that they need to save her, that he needs him to track this plane. Okay. But Sky is buying time. Uh, you know, the whole thing in the diner here about, um, you know, staring at. Uh, uh, Ward, everything there. Okay. Colson knows that the plane is in LA and the whole idea that we circle back to, as you mentioned before from the pilot, um, is that this random diner, seemingly random diner is where sky met Mike Peterson well before he became Deathlock, And this is a fitting place for a drop site. Okay, um, so everything that goes on there, once Coulson knows where the plane is headed in L.A., uh, the perimeter defenses on Providence Base 
are activated. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. That is, of course, the uh, return of Talbot, who I think we all have the sense, whether we're spoiler Pete or not, we have the sense that they're not going to get uh, Adrian Passar to just be guy on video conference for yes. 30 seconds. Yes. Um, With incredible acting, mustache. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, really, really nice acting from him. I, I just felt that he, particularly in the scene where he's kind of, um, you know, grilling Fitzsimmons and, uh, and Tripp, he was just glowing as an actor. You know, he had this complete upper hand. It was just the guy who he knows he's got special forces with him with machine guns. He knows he's found this wonderful cash here and just really, really excellent acting. Indeed. Uh, Simmons has a great line here uh, under duress by Talbot. Uh, I wish this bunker had a bunker. <laughs> These special forces led by Colonel Tab Talbot, who knows Coulson um, and is really anxious to get his hands on one of Fury's private bases. And then the reveal, Maria Hill told him where it is. So further betrayal within or seeming betrayal within their own ranks, uh, a secondary introduction of uh, Colby Smulders found really effective going into a break. I was struck by, and look, I, I, as we've said on previous podcasts, I've not seen a, a minute of how I met your mother, but considering that, you know, that was a, a comedy, I, I was just struck in this episode in particular, how, how well she does drama. And, you know, I know it's a, it's the same kind of stuff in Avengers, but a lot of that is, you know, Oh, quick the number two engine is out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We have a guy on the bridge. Like it's a little bit more kind of shouty acting that I think, um, you know, that, that many actors could pull off wonderfully tonight. Her performance. Uh, I was just, I was just struck by it, by how, by how really effective it was. Yeah. I think she, she does a good terse delivery when she has to. And it's nice to see her, you know, be able to vary that amongst her work. Certainly. Um, Cut to a graveyard. <laughs> uh, Agent May uh, is in a grave, uh, and uh, she says condolences to uh, somebody who comes by paying their respect, and it is revealed that this is uh, Philip Coulson's grave. And she's got a little tool tube that she dug out from it. Um and this contains some secrets that we will examine much more heavily in our level seven segment. Would it be nitpicky for me to say that I thought there should have been something more in the coffin, like weights or whatever? Or is that just, would the presence of weights distract the audience from the fact that, hey, it was a coffin? Well, I, probably I, would, saw, I, think it I saw a box. I didn't see a coffin. So, you know... I thought I'm pretty sure I saw the the inside of a car like the coffin lid up and kind of the satin inside. It's possible. Um, Maybe the 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 top part was was peeled away. The important thing is that she came away with <laughs> this tube. Okay, she fires it into her little laptop. There, of course, it is encrypted, level ten, classified, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Back with uh, our 
peeps at the Providence base. Okay, Talbot is giving them a hard time. Again, Simmons gets another great exchange telling him that they're not criminals. Uh, your little intimidation speech here is not really going to work on us. Um, the whole idea that S.H.I.E.L.D., Hydra, same thing for the rest of the world, says Talbot. Definitely a, I mean, a telling line because I'm not sure. I mean, look, I, look, if the show is renewed, it's not like they're going to completely rename it. But, I mean, the 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 in-universe uh, theorizing here is definitely a very, um, I don't know, it's a curious spot to be in, in terms of like, well, what is the future? The future is what happens after now. I knew you were going to say that because, <laughs> Pete, I've come back from the future. Have you? Well, we're going to talk back from the future and flying cars a little later. Don't you worry. It's all okay. the hoverboards. <laughs> Uh, Hill and Coulson have uh, a great scene in the uh, office at Providence Base. Okay. Uh, she's leading him at this point to cough up, uh, in her words, some meaningless information to Talbot, kind of uh, get them uh, off of the radar. Okay. And Coulson comes back to, oh, this is all about protecting your secrets. He's upset that she was not straight with him, okay, in terms of the information about Tahiti and everything that was done to him. Uh, he knows that Han's dead. We've not seen that communication given to him, that information given to him, communicated to him, so he had to obviously been told that, so she's been found. Obviously, they seem to pretty much think she's dead unless there's going to be some uh, reversal there we'll talk a little bit more about that i certainly will in level seven uh hill is upset because she vetted ward and they take out talbot and his guys when they come to take them away and they get away dun, dun, dun. Meanwhile, Sky is stalling. She is going back and forth in the diner, pie, probably several cups of coffee, uh, as she is uh, surreptitiously alerting the authorities as to the word she used, the disgusting backstabbing traitor in the honest conversation portion of <laughs> uh, their scene in the diner. She tips off the cops and delivers a hearty Hail Hydra. That was a really, that whole diner portion of the story was really, really nicely uh, constructed. First of all, I totally bought the idea that that would be the, the G, proper GPS coordinates, you know, um, just because it seemed like, hey, we're going home. We're going back to the beginning. Um and then the you fact said that we, we were going back to the future. Get your story well, straight, man. It's it's all of it. Back to the future, to the beginning. You know, it all loops back around the Mobius strip. Um, then the fact that in some of the earlier scenes in the diner, I don't, I mean earlier in this episode, 
she has this big giant laptop it must be you know the 28 inch version of it you know and we're able you know i know why it's so big and so we as the audience can see the screen so clearly so we see so much of the screen which i think lulls us into a false sense of, sense of security that oh look she's gone back to searchweb.com so that's what she's doing when he's not looking and when we can't see it she's just clicking around you know so we're kind of lulled into that whole the, the, the whole lie of it um and then as you say there's this as she's increasingly honest we're like at least myself i was like you're being a little too honest here like you're gonna blow your cover meanwhile she knows she's blown the cover she's just waiting for the other squad cars to get there so the cops arrive there's uh an arrest attempt on ward <laughs> she gets away there are other outside cops who seem to act a little different and i was wondering if maybe the first cops were hydra cops and that that was part of a ruse yeah. uh but then those cops uh are shot by ward and he's trying to get to sky and of course explain things in his uh you know from his perspective sky gets away in the cop car and then we see a figure in the intersection who jumps very high, lands on the windshield, and breaks it. It's our friend Mike Peterson, a.k.a. Deathlock. <laughs> a very, very nice way, uh, fun way to do an act end, and also ultimately a tidy bit of storytelling because, oh no, Sky's suddenly knocked out. Well, when she wakes up, it's complete scene change. They're on the bus, and... Again, maybe there was a there was an intermediate scene that was cut for time, but I think it was just one of those things where you go, you know, they have such a, they have that comic book aesthetic of having the great zinger, and mm -hmm. why not do one mid story and then just go a little while later, boom, we're where we need to be, which yes. is she wakes up and let's just continue with the story. We don't need to go and A and B and C and D to get her back to the plane. Turns out mistrust is not only an issue for our agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it is also an issue within HYDRA. Uh, Deathlock was ordered to shadow Ward by Garrett, okay? Uh, now that they have Sky, they need the location, okay? Ward says he can handle it, and uh, Deathlock informs him probably via the I spy device, Garrett says you have five minutes. Um, so Ward attempts to explain to Sky in what I maintain we're still going to get the Luke Skywalker, I can feel the good in him moment, which was even referenced in terms of Mike <laughs> Peterson early, yeah. um, you know, in, in this episode. Um, he says he can explain uh, he was on a mission. It wasn't personal, which is the closest thing we ever get to mentioning the title of this episode. And Sky's dialogue in this episode, I think, was by far the best of the season. And particularly, I'm going to praise the delivery. Uh, she talks about the twisted Nazi logic. <laughs> she yeah. references uh, the first chapter of the S.H.I.E.L.D. handbook and the Red Skull. Uh, so she's she's done her homework, literally and figuratively. Um, but Ward is, hey, I'm a spy. I had a job. I would never hurt you, Sky. 
okay, that this was all Garrett, that my feelings for you were real, and Sky says she's going to throw up. She says that Ward is a survivor. I'm sorry, he says he's a survivor. She says he's a serial killer. And she throws his words back in his face again. You know what? You're right. I wouldn't like the real you. He maintains someday you will. She maintains never. Pete, this is the scene in which I would like to declare the end of the Wesley Crusher era for Sky, okay. which is to say she got her and, rainbow sweater. Not not listen, this this isn't her rainbow sweater. This is there she is in the red, the red uniform. Wow. Period. Wow. There she is now You're, fully as a grown up. Yeah, you went a couple seasons down the road, man. Well, you know what? I mean, I now give full deference to to you know the showrunners, to the writing staff, etc. Because you really did start with Sky as the complete outsider, as the you know like whoa, what is this? A glowy table? You know what I mean? Am I there? High five! Hi, uh, oh, and then here this is um, excellent performance out of Chloe Bennett. Not look, not that the goofy stuff wasn't an excellent performance, but I think that those of us like myself in the audience were a little unsure. Is this her as the 20 something actress who's just like playing a 20 something or like, you know, what what's the line between character and actress? And you're right. The writing was excellent. The performance was excellent. This was just full on. She's going toe to toe with with the spy of spies in this show and comes out on top, at least, you know, morally. I mean, I know, you know, the fight continues and all that. But um, I mean, heck of an arc heck of an arc over 20 episodes for this character and uh i guess we'll see what what's up for the uh for the next two indeed meanwhile garrett via the i spy is done waiting but it's in the third person so who is sending that we will have to take a look at that in level seven Ooh. um i'm i missed that little detail i look forward to discussing it more in a yes bit. uh deathlock references his son um sky explains i've left your son with his aunt but deathlock is concerned that hydra can get to him and they can push a button and blow a hole in his skull that she needs to unlock this drive and she needs to do it now so via garrett and whoever is on the other end of the iSpy device, uh, he is told to go for what Sky cares about, and he shoots Ward with a device in the heart and stops it. And Pete, I think it's a good, it, it was a good job of the scene really reminding us that ABC bit of exposition where I, I look, I certainly was aware hey, they helped the kid. The kid was safe or something. But now Mike Peterson still has to do this. This scene didn't change my understanding drastically of that, but it was a nice reminder that, yeah, that that the kid now has gone back to being just as dangerous, that he really doesn't have an out. Mike Peterson doesn't. Mm -hmm. And all the more reason where he can, I mean, he might have this moral quandary on the inside, but... um he's doing all this because he has he has no other choice and he's kind of okay with that day to day he's okay with that he's got a lot more than a moral quandary on the inside 
on the inside, yes, but he does the job he has to do for reasons that are very, very clear to him. Mm -hmm. uh, so, of course, they use this to manipulate Sky. She says she will unlock the device. It is an altitude-fixed situation that they need to go to, I believe it was 35,000 feet, and, Indeed. and unlock it. Uh, checked in with our aviation consultant, and that is indeed a credible uh, idea that you would do that, given the tricks of the trade. Meanwhile, Hill has positioned her plane in front of the bus and corners Ward. There was some really great comic booky, uh, you know, uh, exchanges made here. Uh, Ward is, of course, hamming it up. Oh, you know. If Fury needed some eye candy, at least he could have picked Romanoff. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, Hill is hating back on uh, Ward. And uh, once things get tense enough, the bus Harry. Well, wait, 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 wait. Her, re her response, which is, um, I'll let her know the next time I talk to her. It was kind of this moment of like, okay, look, I know we're making references to Man-Thing and Pepper Potts, and now Agent Romanoff again, because it's all one big connected universe. But it was just kind of this moment of like, well, if Maria Hill is here to say that, could we have Agent Romanoff show up at some point, even in a, the, the briefest of cameos? So that's the power of all of this that you can just wonder. And if it doesn't happen, you're not going to particularly miss it because we're invested in these characters from the television show. Well, listen, um, among the names that have been thrown out from the cinematic universe, hers has been at the top in terms of the number of mentions. I want to say this is the third or the fourth time within the first season that she has directly been referenced. Uh, Ward's scores were credited as being almost as high as uh, early on. Um, there was the whole interrogation machine last week that was constructed to be able to beat a Romanoff. We still don't know if it did. Um, so, you know, are we going to get a Scarlett Johansson on the show? Well, given that she's, a, uh, she's filming Avengers 2 and she is uh, in the middle of a pregnancy, I'm guessing no. Uh, but, hey... Well, uh Season two I'm, down the road, you never know. I'll, I'll argue the converse, which is show up in what way. If you want to put her on the video screen, you know, put her on the put her on the Skype connection while blah blah blah. Like you want to have that be your quick ten second, um, or you know, put her on the holographic phone as we saw uh, a couple episodes ago. She's already filming Marvel stuff, you know. Hey, have your agent work it out. Go stand by the green screen and go, Phil. Phil, is that you? Is that? <laughs> oh no! Oh no! It's 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 Ultron. I got you know, like that's all you need to do. One take. All right, thanks so much. You know, I, go to lunch. I mean, you make the point. They they have them there. You never know. Yeah. Um. But the the bus Harrier's out of there, but not before Coulson crashes the party, jumps in the landing gear. Um. Coulson finds Sky. Uh. She admits she's unlocked the drive and that he's come alone. He does not know Deathlock is on the plane, which of course triggers his new plan, which elaborately is <laughs> run. Uh, this is still Coulson's plane uh, in the landing bay. Uh, Sky is ready to parachute out. 
However, he's going with the car. He uses the cannons on Lola. Death Rock. Uh, uh, Death Rock. <laughs> Death Lock. Death Rock! Uh, throws a rocket. So there was the rock there. A Death Rocket. <laughs> and uh, basically Boba Fett's inside the... Uh, the landing bay here, uh, uh, the car backs out. Um, Sky does not buckle up in time. They barely make it uh, down in front of the Marriott pool on the roof there. Uh, there were some other uh, real-world products effectively <laughs> checked, uh, yeah. including Nokia, um, and they land in a $20 parking space that was a tremendous bit that was i think the kind of thing where you say as a writer you say you know what we could we're, we're paying for all these extra guest characters guest stars and so on and so forth how about they just parachute down and land in a park that's really easy you know that you just have them on a rig and you know have them float down for the last five feet why do the whole car thing um there were moments that the green screen wasn't great, but overall, it was a roller coaster of a scene. Sky being pulled up out of the seat because she's not buckled up. The rockets aren't working. They're flipping over, you know, slowly landing, and then to just to, to go for the broad yuck yuck where you kind of have a have a banana shot of first Colson, like you know, hair a little you know askew, and then wrap around to Sky with her hair just you know. I mean, that just must have been. Uh, not spray paint hairspray on top of hairspray to get that shooting up and stuck like that really really nice that they can go you know death disaster spies among us and still find the place for the yuck yuck because it was it, it worked the whole thing worked absolutely uh our final act um hill reveals to colson there is no more backup uh she tries to get a joke in about Lola and Coulson doesn't want to have it. She's concerned that this has become a vendetta for Coulson, um, that you should just, you know, let your people go their separate way. Hey, Stark will take you in a heartbeat, but Stark also thinks that Coulson is dead. So we know one Avenger does not know. Well, actually two now because Thor was uh, unaware of uh, Coulson's uh, resurrection as well. Uh, I liked the whole say hello to Stark. Oh, wait, he thinks I'm dead. That was cute. And then at the at the end of that act, which I suppose would still count as a story in a very tenuous way, when they do the, you know, we'll be back, it's it wasn't Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will return. It's It was, we'll be back. Yes, it had the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo, but it didn't have the words Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., another opportunity in a subtle way where they're coming off of a scene where it's like, Phil, there is no agents of shield. There is no shield. You want to go out and get your secret spy mission thing by yourself. Fine. You don't have a team. Send them on their way to go start the rest of their life. There, there's no more agents of shield. And then to kind of carry that through, it's very comic booky, and you know, mm -hmm. Superman is dead. Oh well, we're gonna do the we're gonna do the the death of Superman storyline. Ah, uh, see, they're gonna bring him back, and then all of a sudden in the comics, it's saying, uh, you know, uh, Man of Steel, you know, Man of Steel number eighty-two. Oh, look, there's gonna be something in a month, and then the month after that, nothing scheduled. You go, 
wait, nothing's scheduled. You're really committing to this thing that, that that's it and that's the end. That's what they're doing now. I don't buy it for a second. Uh, but, you know, willful suspension of disbelief. Oh, no, what will happen? Right. Nice moment between Fitzsimmons. Uh, he says, tell me you're not Hydra. And I know that's been wildly speculated uh, on the Internet that Simmons may be uh, an additional uh, mole. Um, Simmons says uh, you'll never have to find out and puts her hand on his knee was a nice moment. It was a nice moment, particularly in that she's doing it platonically and it's another moment where where um he's not reading it that way or maybe part of him isn't reading that reading it that way and i think that that's something that for better or for worse probably for the better of the evolution of these characters and for the for the worse of i don't know my desire for them to be just the best brother sister duo ever um you know that they're kind of shaking that up a bit but you know conflict is the nature of all of all drama so i guess that's the way it is Simultaneously at the pool at the end of the episode, uh, Agent Triplet and Sky uh, get a scene paired together, which is not a combination we've seen to this point. She says, hey, I thought you didn't eat the junk food. And he says, I'm on vacation, which I thought was cute. Uh, Coulson says, we're going to be on vacation for a little while. And uh, that's Triplet's uh, uh, reading to... Uh, back out of the scene here. I'm going to go get another bag. Although we never saw what he had a bag of. I'm sure it was the healthiest, the healthiest snack in there. Yes. And the, the pop chips with so much kind of Melrose place flirtatiousness round the pool. I couldn't help wondering those references to vacation. If it was like the old Forrest Gump, you know, <laughs> <laughs> vacation kind I, of vacation. I got but. a Chevy chase by the pool vacation. I was looking for, uh, you know, uh, Billy Joel's, uh, Christy Brinkley ex wife there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Pools are magical places. They are much like Tahiti, which, uh, we'll get to in just a minute. Uh, Colson says to sky, I've never been homeless before. Sky says, well, at least we have this pool. Um, she references leaving a present on the decrypted drive and we end our final act with nice night. So a, a breather before things get a little more serious. Pete, may I suggest that we save the whole of that, that secret scene for level seven because and I will take you up completely on that suggestion. I think it's way too heavy to get to at this point in the podcast indeed and unlike some other secret scenes this was definitely giving you some answers as well as most certainly propelling things that they want to resolve in the next two episodes mm -hmm. so with that pete shall we move on we shall the dossier all right, a detailed look into our bad guys here. Last couple dossiers, this has been out of balance because we're not learning new bad guys. I mean, we had Blackout last week, but rather two-dimensional. Um, but we're looking at a trio. Much the way a shadow is two-dimensional. Yeah. <laughs> we're looking at a trio tonight in our dossier. Ward, Talbot, and Deathlock. 
I mean, Ward obviously is is you know the fact that he's a baddie is not new. However, I thought particularly to return to that diner scene, there was something about the way he was lit with the and then he had the stubble and he just looked extra bad in it without being kind of black hatted villain, just kind of like, oh my goodness, this is this is the the paragon of virtue from the pilot has has fallen this far. And um I still worry that if they give some sort of magic out like oh man he was brainwashed the entire time all he has to do is click his heels together three times and he'll be like colson can you be my new surrogate dad because the last one he he beat me and that was garrett and i love you all very very much like if that's the solution it's not going to be emotionally fulfilling and i don't want brett dalton to leave the show but i don't know how to square those two desires for revenge on ward ward to pay the to pay a dramatic price and brett dalton to continue to be on the show matt the mantra we were given early on in this show was trust the system and it was the show's lead and every man in clark Gregg telling that to us uh and his characters on the show throughout the season as the worm has turned we have become suspicious of the system. I'm going to advocate again. Let's trust the system. One of our showrunners and creators here, Marissa Tancharone, was honored just last night by the East West Players, the nation's premier Asian American theater group, at their 48th anniversary Visionary Awards. She's a visionary. Uh, Jed Whedon is a visionary. I think that they are going to find a compelling enough way. And again, you know, Matt doesn't watch the previews, everybody. So he does not know what we were given a little glimpse of for next week. But I think if it's not Thor and Iron Man and the Hulk <laughs> in it, then I'll just be upset. I think, you know, the scene, the pivotal scene tonight for me was not the Coulson scene. It was close. It was a close second. Okay. But, you know, where's the the big conflict right now? It's the Hydra shield thing. And um, which for my money, it's it's almost superseded the Colson mystery to this point. You know, we haven't really been clamoring for what is he? How is he the last couple of weeks? We've been pretty occupied with that. So, you know, props to the writers. And, and granted, they were handed this storyline from the films, okay? Right. They knew it would go here, and this became a, a device that the show would eventually uh, employ. But, you know, the whole thing with Ward and his reasons, you know, this, this is going to come to fruition, if not next week, over the next two weeks, the final two weeks of this season. And... um you know, I still have faith that they will find a way uh, to both keep him and maybe make him good again. I have faith that they won't. Okay. Wh- hey. Which is not a lack of faith. I have faith that story will trump keeping this guy around who's great. Well, um, what about I mean, yeah. somebody's backstory, Matt? You know, I I think that's where <laughs> it's going to be important. We're going to... We're going to do what Grant did, and we're going to see <laughs> that he'd come home and yeah. his stepfather. Well, I mean, look, 
I'm not saying I want to be very clear here to you, Pete, and to the listeners. I'm not saying they cannot satisfy me in any way. Ward must pay. You're insatiable. You, you know, shoot him. Have him have the final thing be Colson wiping away a tear as Ward falls lifeless to the ground. The end. I'm and I'm certainly not saying, oh, I'm smarter than these writers and I can't figure it out. Therefore, therefore, it can't be done. I'm just saying from my layperson point of view, if you if you will, um, I don't see I don't feel like they've given me enough wiggle room in Ward for me to feel the good in him. The scene where he's saying to Sky, you know, um, these feelings I have for you, blah, blah, blah. I was more interested in Sky's reaction. The fact that she just says, you're a monster, you're a serial killer, I hate you for all this. I was saying, yes, there's there are your female writers in the room saying we're not going to go for, oh, really? Because I'm just a girl. Like, I was more interested in that. I just think he's bad through and through. We'll see. I thought uh, an important moment was when they're in the diner and, you know, she's on to Sky is on to Ward and, uh, you know, talking about the last time she was in this booth sitting across from Deathlock, who we don't know is going to show up. At least you guys didn't know at this point. No, he was going to show up. Uh, spoiler Pete. And, <laughs> um, you know, she asks him about well, what was the longest you were ever undercover you know, uh, we're wanted by the FBI. What's 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 going on with you, man? And he says, well, he's done 16 months undercover. He was in Russia. He was an attache. So, you know, I'm just wondering, double, triple, quadruple agent. I mean, we've seen him do horrible things. Are they, again, in some way redeemable? Well, maybe if you pay a high enough price we're gonna have to see um that's really the last thing i have to say about ward yeah i think we've i I will grant you pete that we've covered everything on ward with talbot the uh interrogation and much more fleshing out at least as far as uh characterization is concerned um seems a little bit more than a by the book military guy he seems to harbor a little bit of resentment against shield. Maybe that's just having to clean up the shield Hydra mess. Um, I'm not convinced we're not done seeing him for the season. I would welcome it. I mean, he was fantastic. He really, really was. It was a heart. The screen time in this episode was, was less than I think the actor I'll say quote unquote deserves that said, I don't know in particular what he's done since heroes so you know you you take the job you take the work it's obviously you know he knows jeff Loeb, uh so on and so forth but my goodness he was he was charismatic in that role um and also somebody too who i i feel like he's unquestionably a good guy you know i mean he's i understand why he would dislike shield even pre-hydra just in terms of the whole you know, hey, they're getting all the good toys, they're getting all the funding, we're the guys on the front line, they're the ones swooping in with, you know, helicopter jets, and, you know, um, fabulous character, let's let's have more of him, and, um, I mean, Pete, this was an episode, I had to, I had to kind of mentally pause at the three-quarter mark, here we have guest star characters in Hill, Deathlock, Talbot, and Triplet, 
it's just in one episode it's just astonishing along with still supporting you know the whole normal cast least with may but that's just the way the story went this week but you know at no point did you feel oh i'm getting too few this or oh you know simmons is just the proverbial spear holder in the background it was just a tremendously populated episode and everyone got their got their screen time talbot included and the pace has been breakneck Uh, again there are these i think bookmark scenes that we're looking at now and we will continue to play over you know the the Sky Ward scenes, the the Colson Hill scenes, the May Colson scene at the end. Um, but we're really, really moving quickly. Moving quickly, Deathlock. Um, and, you know, whereas Blackout is the two-dimensional villain, Deathlock is, he is 3D. He's got this son. He's got some humanity left, although it's rapidly disappearing. And, uh, you know, motivation, I think, is the key to uh, a believable bad guy and that there are still tendrils of good with the bad in him, um, you know, fleshes out the conflict and uh, makes it that much more realistic. Yeah, yeah, it's nice that. You know, we can have an episode like last week where it really is kind of the black-hatted villain. You know, I, I really like you, so I'm going to take away all your electricity. And then this week it's it's back to, um, a, you know, a different sort of villain. I'm not saying every villain has to be, you know, the, the pathos, you know, kind of kind of stuff. So quite the uh, quite the bit of a uh, bit of baddies this week. Pete, before we move on, just a reminder to all our listeners that you can help us out, dear friends, with our our various uh, costs, the bandwidth and storage costs uh, required to make the podcast happen. You can head over to fantasticgeek.com, that's fantastic with a PH, and you can click on the PayPal link. You could donate a little or a lot, even a little, as we say, goes a long way. And with that, Pete... Okay, it's officially time to analyze and theorize. Matt, let's go right to the secret scene. There was the tube that May had exhumed from Philip Coulson's grave. Um, He comes back into a room from the pool at the end of the episode. May is there. Uh, some, some nice, if not sentimental dialogue, just to soften the scene a little bit. He had hoped she'd come back and she knows about Ward now, but there's something that he needs to see. It is all in reference to Tahiti, this level 10 eyes only video. Push the play button, Matt. Well, there's discussion. Well, first of all, it's revealed that Coulson was the lead investigator for the Tahiti project. So I think the implication certainly was that, like, who got who was the guy in charge? You know, it was Coulson himself. Uh, More than an implication. I think that's meant to be the reveal. There's talk about memory replacement. The only way it works is if you, you know, wipe whole portions of the memory and then put stuff back in. What stuff? Can you trust it? Um and then the fact that it it was so ineffective and it was leading to all sorts of, you know, comatose uh, patients and and uh, hallucinations and, and this sort of thing. Aphasia, that, other aphasia, side effects. Uh, that Coulson was just recommending 
shut it down completely. This is absolutely not a road worth going down. We're doing damage for what? To bring to bring back an Avenger, perhaps. Um, so I guess Pete, with that, I mean, what's what's your take? Is the is, thing the thing that struck me first was that obviously it's Coulson and that he's handing in his resignation. Um, you know, that the, the testing can't be continued. This is, this is a, um, an objection of conscience from Coulson who is, you know, post Tahiti pre Tahiti, clearly a conscientious individual, but I think more so in the wake of what went on in Tahiti and his discovery of the still unnamed, uh, alien, parts uh that we saw from which the gh325 compound was being extracted or synthesized etc um i found it interesting the idea that you know the tahiti program was initiated with the idea that they might save a mortally wounded avenger which i think now begins the theorizing well, Coulson receive this technically is not Coulson now an Avenger. Yeah, but I think that I had wondered, I'm not, I'm not entirely clear how I feel about that line by way of you kind of, if Coulson is now the dad behind the project need to give the reason why the thing was put together in the first place. Um, and I guess it makes sense, you know, if you're going to, if you as S.H.I.E.L.D. or just as, you know, the planet Earth are going to have produced these wonderful Avengers to help us against these unseen, these unseen forces, then of course you want to be able to bring them back if only to protect us, you know. I mean, Pete, can you imagine if ever Captain America were to die, you know, to be killed off? What what in the world would they do? Um, are we sowing seeds for Avengers Age of Ultron with this reveal? Um, are we I, going to lose someone right. in the currently filming movie? Um, I wouldn't rule that out. I mean, there is, yeah, I was just referencing the, the, the fairly famous, uh, death of Captain America storyline, uh, that the comics did. <sighs> Do I think they're going to kill off somebody in Avengers? I'm going to say no, but. But who knows? But who knows? Well, it's, it's a Joss Whedon project, man. We'll tell you that the current answer is maybe. Um, the inconsistency of these effects of the Tahiti program on the test subjects that Coulson reports about, though, is what really has him rattled. He recommends termination of Project Tahiti. He says the costs are far too great and leave it to Clark Gregg, though the line is on the page. To deliver it perfectly huh that was the off to the races moment i was wondering you know look obviously they're not giving us the full answer in this teaser act uh it's meant to kind of wet our, wet our appetite but it's just it's that well to, to quote from another show it's that you know i think we're gonna need to watch that again it's the acknowledgement from all parties involved fictional behind the scenes and audience that we just got thrown a major bone here and we're gonna have to chew over this one for a while we're gonna have to 
ruminate. We're going to have to discuss. We're going to have to have further input from the show, etc. cetera. Uh, that was a hmm that said, we're not done. We, we're, we've just begun, and we only have 90 minutes of the show left. It's without commercials um, for, for the entire season. You know, interesting, interesting roads ahead, certainly. I, I'm not – I mean, look, we don't have all the answers, but clearly we're circling – the end of that storyline as we were promised by jeff Loeb back in uh at new york comic-con in october yes and uh i i think part of paley fest as well uh dealt with the fact that you know more resolution will be coming to this storyline the only other piece of level seven uh analysis i have tonight hill's secrets were referenced early on um whether or not this is part and parcel of that uh no definitive answer at this time, but clearly and within shield, we know there's a lot of secrecy. There are other things out there. So we'll just have to see how things play out. I'll just add one more little bit. And we've kind of touched on it already with what are they going to do with ward? I think it is notable that the show by way of the characters are offering up some theories. Perhaps it's to toy with us, perhaps not, but the fact that they're, they're at the very least anticipating our desire for some sort of movement there that we can't imagine the most obvious, which is he's bad and that's it. Curtains. They're giving us kind of some, some different, um, you know, some wiggle room here and there. So certainly uh, we shall see with that, Pete next up is. Transmissions. All right, let's check the wire, Matt. <laughs> Indeed. And Pete, we're going to start with an email that was sent to us uh, the day after last week's uh, podcast hit the uh, hit the old internet there. This is an email from Beth, who says as follows. I have to say that the episodes that have aired since the release of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, just keep getting better and better. In this episode, again, referring to last week's The Only Light in the Darkness, two people shined the most for me, Clark Gregg and Chloe Bennett. They both showed a range of emotions that was something special to watch. Greg's look of loss and love when he was watching the women he loved talk about him and his quote-unquote death was perfectly done. I nearly cried for Agent Coulson. Chloe Bennett was something else. Her breakdown when Skye figured out that Ward was Hydra was spectacular. That was so real. And then the way she pulled herself together, left a message for the team and went to confront Ward was great. Wait, what did I say? Left a message for the team? I had to go back and watch the episode a second time, but I'm sure that Skye did just that. Look at her face when she's looking at the picture window in the office just before we see her talking to Ward outside the storage room where Agent Koning's body is. She's got a thought, and that thought is to set the picture to wherever she's going to lead Ward. After all, Skye is not stupid. She must know that she's the only one that can open the hard drive and get the info off it, and Ward needs her to do that. Keep up the great work on the podcast. It's something to look forward. Uh, something I look forward to listening to each Wednesday. So, Pete, some kind words there from uh, our pal Beth not, on the uh, not that on the Beth, old email. I was going to say I don't think it's the Beth uh, we, we we were thinking about. Um, you know, longtime friend of right, longtime a- agent Michelle. You, you anybody who doesn't know who the old Beth was, you just track down old agent Michelle, our pal on Twitter. <laughs> And she'll 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 set aside. Agent Michelle, by the way, is a little bit of a detective there, but great email there from from Beth Pete. And a nice time to remind people, 
yes, we record the podcast shortly after the episode has aired on the East Coast. Feel free to share us your thoughts on any episode at any time. Those of you in the UK, those of you in the the Ireland, sorry. Wow, way to be an American, ignorant American there. Those of you in in Ireland um, and around the world, share your thoughts. It's all good. I mean, heck, even over the summer, you have a thought when, when the show is on hiatus between the two seasons. Fire away. And Pete, speaking of fire away... Pete, what new iTunes reviews can you fire our way? Well, the first comes to us courtesy of Madge Astro. Uh, the headline is Excellent Podcast, Five Stars. And uh, the review reads as follows. Found this a few weeks ago and am quite happy I did. They do a great job of filling in the bits of Marvel info that I wasn't aware of and also things in the show that I didn't catch. They're a good team. Listen to this podcast. You'll like it. Do it. Go listen now. Go. Wow. That's, uh, that's emphatic. Quite demonstrative there, but you know what? It's, it's heartfelt. And, uh, thank you, Madge Astro. So, Pete, did we get any reviews other than that one from Madge Astro? We did. Aztec will writes in headlined theories abound exclamation point five stars these guys cover all of the juicy questions and speculate on the future based on all the hints and name dropping in the show excellent compliment to an incredible show keep it up wow the energy from these guys is great, uh, as well as their their uh, wonderfully interesting uh, Twitter names there. Or, pardon me, the, the iTunes names. It is. Uh, next, we have Stitch, who this is the third time Stitch has reviewed us. So just a reminder, there will only be one entry to keep it fair there in the bag for the Funko uh, vinyl Colson bobblehead. So we... We gots to keep it reels. But Stitch writes in, uh, headlined, why no six-star option, iTunes? I <laughs> love it. Five stars. I'm back. Crazy emoji, smiley face thing that is not quite coming across on iTunes. Um, <laughs> these guys are about as thorough as it gets when it comes to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And with the show getting as intense as it is, it's good to stop and think about what you have just seen each week. When the time comes to look for a good Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, these are your guys, hands down, two exclamation points. And, oh my gosh, there's like this whole show after the show thing going on and i love it great work guys lol i realized i already realized that i would only get one ticket in the hat when i refresh my review i'm not trying to be sneaky i'm just being a good podcaster five stars come on agents of shield season two Wow, that's fantastic. The only thing I'm confused about, Pete, is is show after the show. I mean, I, I usually I, I I usually check out when the when the music starts at the end. I don't listen all the way to the end. I don't know what he's talking about. Matt, I don't listen to this podcast. I only listen to uh to others. <laughs> 
Uh, well, that peach, shall we move on to some of the other uh, decrypted transmissions? Yes. Uh, we have a review from Zontar's name in the original. Solid, balanced fan cast, four out of five stars. Uh, Zontar's name in the original writes, among the many S.H.I.E.L.D. podcasts to choose from, these guys rate at the top. Just the right mix of analysis, humor, and irreverence. It is, after all, just a comic book. Um, highly recommended. P.S. Simmons equals Hydra. <gasps> what? My heart just broke. <laughs> what? I don't know, man. We'll have to see. Oh, man. <laughs> now I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. Well, thank you nonetheless for your review. I mean... You know what? Four stars. Good stuff. Good stuff. We'll take it. Certainly that helps balance out some of the haterade unnamed people who who gave us one star. So I'll take it. That's that's I, I don't know. Now now what else isn't real? Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny? I mean <laughs> With that, Pete, let's get into some emails about tonight's episode. The first one is from Noah. Noah says, by the way, in a in a subject line says, another awesome episode. No spoilers for you, Matt. Uh, Noah says, okay, quick thing. How did Coulson not remember him being in charge of Tahiti? Did they erase that too with his memory of being operated on within Tahiti? And how long ago did he send the video? So Pete, it, am I correct in saying, at least it's my understanding, yes, the implication was they took whole chunks of his memory away and we might be headed down a path of much, much more than we knew about. Oh, indeed. And Pete, how long ago did he send the video? Noah wants to know. I'm going to say that this happened um, before the events of uh, Avengers. So let's scroll back. Let's say this was done two years ago. Interesting. I'm just wondering then, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I did. It's 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 a fascinating path. I mean, we'll see we'll see how far the show goes down it with the, these remaining two episodes. Pete, the next email is from Caitlin, who says, uh, "Hi there, Matt and Pete. Just a quick thought on Ward. Is he actually a Hydra agent? Okay, okay, hear me out. Since the question clearly sounds like I've missed the last three weeks of the show, Ward has yet to say the key phrase, Hail Hydra." and never salutes like a West Texas cheerleader at a pep rally. <laughs> I still think that that's one of the best lines in the show. Yes. Personally, I think there's a reason for that. Um, when Reyna is talking to Ward uh, during Providence, she's kind of stunned that he had been betraying Colson and company since the beginning. She says, is it really that simple? You felt nothing for them? I spent time with Colson. He's a good man, someone who would lay down their life for you. Don't you owe a man like that something? Ward responds, sure, but I owe Garrett everything. And previously uh, and previously said that Garrett, quote, pulled him out of a hell, close quote. This could mean nothing. But I think there's a reason he said this as opposed to just giving the excuse of Hydra being right and S.H.I.E.L.D. being wrong. This conversation makes it seem like Ward is loyal to Garrett as opposed to being loyal at the cause of Hydra. Oh, pardon me, to the cause of Hydra. Yes, he did kill Agent Hand. Uh, the agents on the plane, and the agents of the elevator without hesitation. No one can really deny that at this point. But maybe there will be a point in the future of the show where Ward can no longer follow Garrett, uh, like a point where he thinks Garrett has gone too far and has to stop him. 
I could speculate all day what that could be, but it's possible the mission Ward was told about is different than the one Garrett is planning. Also, to argue the whole Ward is not loyal to Hydra point, he says he's a spy, not that he's working for Hydra. Anyway, just a thought. Pete, your thoughts. Has Caitlin given us a glimmer of hope here for Ward? Well, and I echo Caitlin's, uh, you know, sentiments here. I, I think they're going to try their darndest to have their cake and eat it too uh, with Ward, uh, but in a good way and keep him on the regular cast and maintain some kind of good guy uh, status. We're going to get these answers, a lot of them next week with uh, Ward's backstory and how um, Garrett pulled him out of that hell. We're going to get a significant glimpse into that hell. Ooh. Pete, you always know how to work in those hints of a spoiler without being too spoilery. So, Well, you know, with great spoiler comes great responsibility. Indeed. Next up uh, is an email from Jamie. Uh, she says, hey, guys, another awesome episode. Oh, thanks, Jamie. Oh, wait, she's talking about S.H.I.E.L.D. Never mind. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> however, I've got uh, only two quick coherent thoughts right now about the episode. The first is that while Sky was meant to initially be the audience's entry point into the world of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think Fitz and Simmons have really taken over uh, the role of being relatable. Last week when Simmons admitted she uh, wasn't sure why she was still with the team, and this week when Fitz freaked out about Ward's betrayal, I felt like they were such standout, honest moments for characters living in this superhero comic book-inspired world. I certainly uh, admire Coulson, May, Sky, and Tripp's resolve and no-questions-asked dedication to the cause, but I think I'd be the person kind of panicking in the corner wondering what just happened. So it's nice to see our heroes have moments of vulnerability just like that. And two, with just two episodes left, what do you think is the current endgame? I suppose stopping Ward and Grant is the current vendetta agenda, but that won't stop Hydra as a whole, and Deathlock is still in the mix too. What are your thoughts on what their final season one mission needs to be? It's going to be a long wait until next Tuesday. So Pete, what do you think? Well, you what? have to get Garrett. Um, yeah. has to happen at the end of this season. We're not going to leave, you know, particularly a, a veteran and established actor, uh, Bill Paxton, not going to leave him the twist in the wind. Uh, that'll be summed up by the end of the season. Uh, Ward's fate. I don't know if in two episodes we will definitively deal with that. And I think we've got to come as close as we can to ultimate closure with, Coulson's story I would agree we're almost certainly going to see complete closure for Coulson's story um here's what I imagine the last I don't know 20 minutes of the the season finale episode is I imagine that maybe they end you know maybe Garrett kills off gets killed off at like 840 and then Nick Fury like then essentially at that point season one is over and then the prequel, the, the prelude to season two begins. Nick Fury returns and there's some sort of not quite dropping spoilers here, Matt. What's up? Not spoil. This is this is all theory. I'm just spitting theory here. Okay. I'm spoiler right. free. I'm spoiler pure. OK, Um, that there's some sort of not quite Star Wars medal ceremony type thing, but some sort of like here are your badges back, everybody. 
Agents of Shield, ha- you know, Shield has now gone from this huge thing to you know the A team, and you guys go get Hydra. Da, 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 da. You know, it's that it'll be that kind of conclusion. Um, and you say, oh, there they are, back at it again. It's it's the team back together. Um, that's my guess. Well, you got some of it right. I don't want to hear that. Okay. I, 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 thank goodness I have a Tahiti machine right here, and you know. <laughs> so, Pete, that's what I think. It'll be some the, the Star Wars medal ceremony at the end, and it'll be swell. Well, you got some of that right, <laughs> Pete. You know, I have a Tahiti machine here. Anyway, Pete, we have one more email. This comes from Henry. Henry says, "Intense reveal at the end that Coulson orchestrated Tahiti." Do you think Coulson intentionally uh, got stabbed by Loki to experiment on himself? If he wanted resurrection, I don't blame him. Your fan, Henry Dared, which is his name on uh, on the old the Twitter. So, Pete, really an interesting theory there from Henry. Did Coulson intentionally or semi-intentionally get stabbed by Loki? I, I don't think intentionally. Maybe he took liberties knowing this technology was potentially out there and in a, a bad situation, having this demigod out of its cage. Um, all right, this is a backup. Let me take this risk and, you know, getting it through the heart as he did. Um, kind of tough to say. I like it though. I like maybe on some sort of, I don't know, psychological level. He's he's being more daring because he knows that there is this there's this, I don't know, ultimate parachute that he doesn't uh, that he doesn't completely trust in. But you know, you know, it's like you know, don't touch it. But he he wants to that kind of thing. By the way, Pete, there was one more decrypted transmission. Uh, our pal Mike Sorensen on Twitter, Warcry underscore seventy five mentioned uh just to maintain my status it was a lovely glock 26 that uh that uh, agent hill had the same as agent romanoff carries mike updating us uh there mike a former agent of the week and pete do you know who is joining him as agent of the week this week you're talking to spoiler pete here pete why why don't you go ahead and reveal it we had a we had a cacophony of of emails here you mean a cacophony a cacophony, a plethora. It's all the same. Our, our Star Trek fans will understand that one. So, Pete, who's the winner, winner, chicken dinner? Hail Henry. Henry, indeed, for that thought-provoking Loki theory. I wouldn't I wouldn't count that out as some sort of, I don't know, maybe you get Hiddleston and there's some sort of flashback. or I, I don't know exactly, but Henry definitely uh, lighting up our brain lights today. And uh, there you go, Henry. Well done, sir. Pete, we first talked to Henry on the Twitter. How can people talk to you on the Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 3,141 followers. Can't be wrong. On Twitter, I am looking back lost. If you'd like to be in touch with the podcast, that's Fantastic Geek. Fantastic, of course, with a PH. You can send an email, as our fine quartet did tonight, to fantasticgeek at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on the webpage, fantasticgeek.com. 
And uh, with that, Pete, and by the way, it's been nice that uh, people have been enjoying on the uh, Fantastic Geek pop culture podcast feed on iTunes. They've been enjoying our uh, ruminations of having gone to the uh, official Star Trek convention that was held last week. And uh, so there's always those goodies on FantasticGeek.com as well. Probably, I know, at some point, Pete, in the next, certainly in the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll give a little preview maybe on our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. feed as well, just talking about what plans we have for podcasting over the summer and uh, some good times ahead. Absolutely. So that, Pete, I will say adios and arrivederci to all our listeners and give you the final word. That'll be 20 bucks. Here we are. We're back. We made a special trip into New York City. We're outside the Javits Convention Center. We were, you know, we've gone to all these great New York Comic Cons. Saw Agents of Shield guys earlier, you know, in October. And uh, Pete, I thought that now was a good time to have an honest conversation. Well, I mean, I think it's fitting. This is where it all began. This is probably where it should end. You know, Pete, I've been thinking a lot about old Darth Vader. You know, he he started out so trustworthy and then then turned into a monster turned into a killer what are your thoughts about that is that something you could relate to oh i completely identify with such characters uh, Pete, i have to admit that, that 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 does make things a little uh makes things a little unsure kind of where where we stand as a podcasting team here oh i think everybody understands where i stand mm-hmm.